0: And we're
1: live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Genealogy Adventures. I'm Brian Sheffy.
0: And I'm Donya Williams. How are you guys doing today? I'm so excited to be back.
1: You are so excited. I feel as though we've been away for absolutely ages.
0: Yes, I know. I mean, we had that you know brief stint where we had that one show and everything, but um, I'm just, that was just a special, you know, just a little special. But yeah, I'm really glad to see you and just to be back with the group and just to just to see everybody. I'm just so glad. It's just this COVID is a mess. All oh, yeah.
1: It is. <laughs> but nothing, so, go nothing ahead. we can't overcome. <clears throat> right. So before we get into today's topic. Uh, Donnie and I have what we hope is going to be a pretty exciting announcement. So, starting in season four, we are going to have a book club. Yay! <clears throat> so we recommend books for you guys to read, and then we will set a date where we chat about them. We chat about the subject of the book, what you thought, what you know, your takeaways were. Um, pretty much, you know, what a normal online book club would want would be. And Donia, because this is your idea, did you want to introduce the book?
0: yes that's what i was looking for when you did that so <laughs> the first book that we're going to be reading is called the house of bondage um now no we not get your mind out the gutter it's not <laughs> it's not a bond. you know not that kind of thing but the house of bondage is by um Octavia v rogers albert And basically, Octavia V. Rogers Albert was born around 1840-something, 45, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And she was a teacher. She married a um, pastor. Um, And around after the Civil War in Louisiana, she did something that the WPA slave narratives say they were the first to do, and that was Uh, interview enslaved people about where they were when they were enslaved, what happened, um, their past of what they went through and things like that, the present of what they were going through at that moment and what they saw for the future as far as African-Americans were concerned. Now, this fits with what we're doing this conversation today because if you ever need to get your mind, body, spirit, prepped this is the book that's going to make you have to do that because um when i wrote my book let me tell y'all something when i wrote my book i had prepped myself so much that i wasn't even angry like most african americans are angry when they find their families or you know they find out that they have an enslaved ancestor and or they find out what has gone on with them or things of that nature i actually wasn't angry um i was kind of shocked that i had found her so quickly but i wasn't angry and i actually think that my ang- my ancestor martha was angry that i wasn't angry so <laughs> with that being said she started pushing me in different directions and you you guys know what i mean by all of that and um She started making me just start to realize, no, you need to be upset and I'm gonna show you why. And she started just giving me stuff. So the first thing she did was she made me know who Preston Brooks was. But then the next thing she did was she made me find this book. And I learned things in this book about what enslaved people went through that it was just amazing. So um, this is the first book that we're going to go through. This book can be found online. And because we're doing it like this, because we are having our own little book club, Genealogy Adventures book club, you will be able to find this book on the Genealogy Adventures um, website under the reading room. And yep, in
1: we, have, the, hmm? we have a brand new reading room right. with, um, with books that we think will enlighten, inform, um, also, you know, and give context to parts of American history that's not really covered very, that's not particularly covered at all, or covered very well. So for instance, with the The House of Bondage, the story of Charlotte Brooks and other enslaved people, Donia said there's a new section called The Reading Room. You'll find the book in there and you can either read it on entirely online or it's also free to download in a PDF format. And the dates that we have set to discuss this book is Sunday, the 24th of January, 2021. So it gives you quite a few months to read it and, and reread it.
0: Right. So this is gonna prepare you. And the reason why we made that date that far away is because <laughs> you're gonna have to put it down because it is preparation. Um it's gonna get your mind right. It's gonna you it's not a game y'all it this book will definitely set you on that path and you're going to come back to this show you may even come back to the show on youtube and be like okay what did they say here that i'm supposed to do <laughs> because your mind is just gonna, it you got to be ready because you learn because you're hearing from the actual enslaved people in their tone not in that old negro slave dialect but well what you thought was the old negro slave dialect and um it's just an eye-opening type book so we are starting off this season with homework
1: mm-hmm. so in right. opinion, to, to kind of put it into context for me i had to put i had to put the book down three times and just kind of walk away yep to um just shake it off yeah I'm glad I persisted and I'm glad I continued reading it because it gave me a lot of information and it gave me a lot of insight that I could apply to other enslaved ancestors Um, so yeah I don't want to say too much more about the book because it is an awesome book to read Um, we hope that you guys really like the the recommendation and we hope that you get a lot out out of reading the book so as Danya said this particular episode is actually really good practice for what you're going to need as you work your way through that book. So today is about getting your mind and your spirit right for researching enslaved people. And I just wanted to have a caveat, because I have been asked this by by other people. When we get into genealogy, it's all about discovering the truth and it's about learning the truth about our ancestors. And, And in that there are lots of upsetting things that anyone, regardless of their race or ethnicity, can find. So, for instance, as I'm gearing up to research my Jewish ancestors in Eastern Europe, I know I'm going to have to deal with the Holocaust. That is traumatic. As I research my Native American ancestors, you know, they had their trauma during the colonial period, they had their trauma during the Trail of Tears, they had their trauma after the Trail of Tears. So I already know that that's also going to be traumatic research. I'm sure if you're a Spanish-speaking person whose ancestors were always in the southwestern part of the states or from Florida all the way over to New Mexico, that's going to be trauma. But the reason why I really wanted to make this a very focused conversation on enslavement is, and is going to probably talk more on the other side of this than I am, you know, we're talking about multi-generational trauma that are passed down family lines. So whether you discover that you are that you're a white person who's descended from enslavers, there's gonna be some emotion behind that. There's gonna be stuff that you're gonna to have to work through. As Don was saying just a couple of minutes ago, you know when you have to sit down and start researching your enslaved ancestors, you're gonna come across trauma. You're gonna come across unpleasant stories that you're gonna to have to work out how you're gonna handle it, process it, and not let it put you off. From continuing to do the do the research. And then there's a whole third group of people who are descendants of both enslavers and the enslaved, um, which is gonna be a lot of us. It's me, it's Donnie, it's quite a few, quite a few of you who regularly follow the show. So it's a mixed bag. There, there's all kinds of things that you can that you can deal with. But there is one that I did wanna talk about that I didn't think about when we actually did the show. And Donnie and I, we were working on this last week. So we were trying to find a man by the name of Aaron Hill in Edgefield, South Carolina. Couldn't find him for love nor money. Knew when he was born, knew where he lived, knew who he married, his kids, got them all the way down to living people. When it came to try to find this Aaron Hill in the eighteen seventy census, could not find him for anything because he changed his last name. Hmm. So again, when you're George, you know, and that can be trauma, you know, you, you grow up thinking, well, I'm a hill, using this as an example. And we have this throughout our South Carolina family, Yeldells, and Harrisons, and Quarles and Adams, all kind of changing their names. So you grow up identifying as a name, those are your people. And then you do a DNA test and it was like, well, why can't I find, why am I not related to any Hills? Why am I seeing all of these come to find out his last name that he was born with was Morgan. So if you're growing up as a Hill, you're doing a DNA test expecting to see lots of Hill cousins or cousin matches. No, you're gonna probably, you know, you would more than likely see Morgans. And again, it's gonna be the same. I can't remember who the Yeldell was. He so went from Yeldell to Harrison and, and all that kind of stuff. Shepherd. Shepherd. That was it. <laughs> so <I> again,
0: remember.
1: <laughs> that kind of falls into what we're talking about today. That kind of jarring revelation of, oh, wait a minute. Then the, the name that I actually carry isn't my biological name. And again, I get that on my mom's side of the family. They grew up as turners, their biological surname is Cone. Um, but you know, we've kind of taken that on the we've taken that on the chin and, and kind of moved on. Um so Donnie, did you want to talk more about what we were talking about before about not uh, embracing is not the right word, but finding out that you're actually descended from an enslaver and the you know, and the emotions that go with that.
0: Well, okay. Um as far as the emotions that go with that. Uh, see, I didn't have any emotion. And I think that was why I, I you know my aunt that i I really feel like martha had an issue with that that i didn't have any emotions from it and and that was why she kind of introduced me to the enslaver in a whole nother light. and um and in do in introducing me to the enslaver she also introduced me to other problems or other situations that happened with our enslaved ancestors and so in doing that um i became i realized oh wait i'm supposed to be upset and and it was really it was really weird you know it was it was really weird because i was not upset at all like I, i i was not upset i i'm i'm not ashamed to say that i wasn't upset but When I tell you guys I prepped myself, I was like, okay, Danya, you get ready to step into this. You're going to step into this research and you're going to find endogamy. You're going to find an enslaved person. You're going to find, you know, I just kind of made that list and I just was checking it off. I'm like, you're going, you're going to get through all this stuff. So you may as well accept it now. Because you're gonna deal with it later, and and that was it. And and I just made myself already understand it. Now what I couldn't what I couldn't get with was the endogamy. I, it was too much of it, and it, it took me a long. Time. I think I still fight with that, that the overall endogamy. But the there are family members like I was talking with a family member not too long ago, and her father's last name is Matthews I haven't told you about this yet um but her dad's last name is Matthews she's she's like oh we're not related it's a I'm like well I understand that now we have on our tree we have all of them on our tree and um but she does not believe that her father is related or connected Now, we don't have her father as connected, yet.
1: Well, that's because I've only really have touched on about a fraction of the the Matthews.
0: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But see, that's the thing. You know, we we don't have this. There's there's this huge, once Moses Williams came into our lives and Lewis Matthews came into our lives, those 45 and 25 kids and all of their children having double-digit children, there's no way that the majority of the people in Edgefield are not related to each other. It's just impossible. We've mm-hmm. we've re- you know we've received and that we've accepted that, but we have family members that are like, "Oh, that's your family." <laughs> okay. <laughs> you
1: know, we've, we've, all, we've always had that. Right.
0: You know. then we, we just sit back.
1: And I guess what I was thinking of when I was asking the question is. I'm thinking about Facebook genealogy groups and specifically the black genealogy groups where there are white genealogists who post, you know, I've recently discovered that I descend from an enslaver, I have records, I don't really know what to do with them. So on the one hand, they're asking for advice, but on the other hand, what I, a lot of what I see is kind of variations of please don't attack me or one being descended of an enslaver. Right. But more too that people are going to think bad of them, or that they're going to be attacked. You've had a flavor of this on your own.
0: So you're you're talking about that particular. Okay. Well, with that particular, Sharon actually chimed in on there as well. Um, We've had some people in one of our groups, in one of our genealogy groups, that are not researchers. And with all of the strife that has been going on, you know, with the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor and the umpteen names that we can name that's been um, murdered in the Black Lives Matter, I felt like I needed to post in our group, you know, this is not a, this is not that kind of group. This is a research only group. And I really had to come to the defense of the other races that are in the group because these people are to help you know and, and they're there to to work through and they're there to learn as well because they may have children or grandchildren or husbands or wives that are of, of African descent so they're doing this research for them and they're trying to find out but you can't you can't be um, Caucasian and say, "Hey, I'm trying. I just found out that I'm 15% African. I want to know more," and then get attacked because you want to know more. This is what happened to this one guy. He he got attacked, and and he shouldn't have. You know, he shouldn't have gotten attacked. He's there to learn. He's there to understand. Um. We have people who actually know that they have to go and they are looking through their stuff and they're looking through these wheels that they have and they're seeing our family's names and and like Brian like Brian said they don't know how to put that out there if I know that I'm about to be attacked I'm not gonna tell you nothing yep. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything I won't open my mouth I know Every person has always been told by their mom, their grandmother, maybe their dad or what have you, you get flies with honey before you get it with vinegar. Yes, black people are the sweetest people in the world. We we take everything on a regular basis. We're always forgiving and this, this, that, and the third. But sometimes we just have to keep moving Forward in order to get what we need and what we want, not just because we're trying to use someone, but the bottom line is, in order for them to get what they're trying to get, they need us. And in order for us to get what we're trying to get, we need them. It's a perfect a great
1: example would be so, say, for instance, this person didn't have any African, and that's not why they were asking questions. Say, for instance, like I said, they discovered that they were descended of an enslaver. And they had records that aren't digitized. I think you used the analogy they were just in a box up in the attic somewhere. And yeah. so you can imagine being that person going, I want to do the responsible thing and help is, help. I hope that these documents can help people be prepared to release them publicly and then get attacked for that. Right. There are going to be people who eventually down the road research, you know, if they're a descendant of his enslaver ancestor, will need those documents
0: Right,
1: because that person would have gotten such an awful just awful time of it they're like you know what it's just not worth it's just not worth my while i I, i'm just not going to do anything
0: exactly
1: is the thing now i can say from looking at it from the the other perspective i had already because i knew that a lot of my black ancestors were going to be enslaved. I kind of, to some extent, mentally prepared myself for it, but kind of abstractly, I'm thinking, well, slavery was never fun. They didn't have a great life, but I never really thought about what was involved in the day-to-day reality of enslaving until I actually started researching my family.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, on both of my parents' families, there's, there's not really a history of being sold away or sold outside of families that enslaved them. They did get broken up as you know when an enslaver died and parceled out their enslaved people to their children and their grandchildren, but they were still kept within the overall family. They were pretty easy, fairly straightforward to find for Emily Peterson, because there were just so many Emily Petersons, all born around the same time, living next to, to towns of each other. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't overtly challenging. I think the first thing that put me off was coming up against an ancestral cousin in Wytheville, Virginia, who got lynched in 1920. That was the first kind of traumatic thing that I think I ever really, that I ever found um, in my ancestry. And that, that did my head in. I mean, what it was just a brutal, brutal, awful lynching. Um, It was so bad that Governor Byrd, who was the governor at the time, the following year Enacted the, the Virginia's Anti Lynching Act. Just because the previous two years, lynching in Virginia had gone off the chain, which I I hadn't even realized, I always thought about lynching being kind of in the upper South, like Missouri and those kind of places, maybe Kentucky and Tennessee, and into the deeper South. For some reason, I thought, well, Virginia was a little bit different. It wasn't. You know, spoiler alert, it was, it was the <laughs> same, same kind of state as, as any other Southern state. Um, but reading the details of, of how he died and why he died, which was unjust, uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't deserve it at all. Um, that upset me, and I, I had to walk away from research for a good couple of months to be able to shake that off because I just, I wasn't expecting it. Um, and ironically, let that research to research. Um, some European ancestors who went into Kentucky only to find out that they got wiped out during um, a skirmish with um, with indigenous people. So at that point I'm like, oh, you know what? This is, this is all getting a bit much. I mean, that, but I say that to say one of the ways that I've kind of compensated for that or gotten around it is now I'm working with a group of people like Donia and Loretta and Sharon and so many other people that if I do find something upsetting, like when I found Essex Harrison in Edgefield who, who got shot for just trying to vote. You know, poor old man, liberated from slavery through the, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, looking forward to, that, that must've been his second time voting in his lifetime, probably thinking he was never gonna be able to vote, Um, dead just for just for registering that that was a tough one but i was appreciative that i could pick up the phone and have a conversation about how i felt how angry i was um, with johnny and a couple of other people i mean you know i, I really value that that support network um because i don't think i could do a lot of the research that i do without being able to kind of sound off every once in a while
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we want you guys to definitely ask questions share your stories as far as this is concerned um because it's it, it's a real thing and it's a it's a tragic thing and it's something that each person has to deal with i know in one of the genealogy groups that i'm in you know it, it it's it's tragic like one of the big one of the biggest issues is that when a person doesn't understand what's going on with this whole situation and um so they try to tell you what they were taught in school well we all know that what you were taught in school and what you've actually researched is two different things and so because it's actually two different things when they start coming with you and saying oh um black people didn't rape them didn't enslave themselves and they didn't rape themselves okay but we know we know different we've actually seen different or
1: you may have to explain that
0: right? I mean we know that there are some black people out here who ha- who were who were actually slave owners true we know true. that because we're we're researchers and we found it and they had people who were um, overseers who were black and probably raped those who were doing it. I mean, we know these things happen because we were researchers. We are researchers and we see it happening.
1: Well, so. In the course of your research, you did find, and I can't remember if he, no, he's not a direct ancestor, but he is a cousin of ours, uh, Enoch Peterson, who actually signed one of the most curious documents that I have yeah. ever seen. Where it, and this caused all kinds of consternation amongst a group of researchers but yes it constant, you can't deny the phrase that was in that document he was he re. this is after after slavery had ended just to make that perfectly clear I yep. think it was about five years afterwards or something something it around. was
0: five to ten I think it was more close I think it was a little bit closer to ten mm-hmm. um it was between five to ten years though
1: but he is described as an indentured slave. And the reason why he, re- he indentured, slaved, enslaved himself was because he and a group of men wanted to build a church on a specific plot of land. And I can't remember what the relevance of the land was to them, but they didn't have any money. All they had was themselves. So he, using his body, which was the only collateral that he had, he basically, well, he didn't basically, he re-enslaved himself under an indentured agreement Yep. until the money for the land was paid off to the landholder. Yeah. I mean, that blew even my mind because I had never even heard of such a thing.
0: Yeah, he did. He did, he did that. And, and then, you know, it's, it's so amazing, uh, the things that, that our families have gone through that they, that they do that in order to move forward and then I'm not even talking about the let's let's move to our other families. Let's move to our white side of the family. I need for people to understand. You will not allow I want you to look at your children and understand that you do not you look at your kids and when you look at your babies you do not let them watch scary movies. Why? Because they're gory because they they show things that they're not supposed to show these children, things of that nature. So now, now that you have that in your mind, picture a little white girl or a little white boy looking at a man or a woman hanging from a tree. Is it not everything that is in a scary movie? why would you not think that that is not traumatic? Why would you not think that that is not something that's going to carry over later on? That these are all traumas that we've all gone through in one way or another, whether you like it or not, whether you think your trauma is worse than the other or whatever, It doesn't matter, it's still a trauma, it's still a PTSD, no matter how you look at it, it's still that. And and these are the things that we're talking about when we're saying you have to prepare your mind so that when you start finding all of these different things that are going on, Can you imagine the person that was doing the research of that postcard because, you know, they sent a post, they sent postcards of the three black men hanging on a tree. And it was, it was children that was there. And then afterwards, they was shooting these men in target practice and taking pieces of their bodies home. These children watched that happen. Now, can you imagine that you found out that one of those children was your ancestor, and you're like, "Oh my God, my grandmother watched this, and she she didn't care, she didn't she didn't it didn't bother her." So you know, I mean, it's crazy. Now A.E. Barlow said very few photos show the children smiling as much as the adults, I and mean, and they're right those kids wasn't smiling when that happened. You didn't see a lot of those kids smiling. And if they were smiling, in my opinion, they were fake. They were trying to be into whatever it is, you know, trying to be into whatever it is, their their family was into trying to get in, you know, be okay with it. This stuff is real, like these traumas are real. And people need to understand that.
1: And sometimes it's what I call a slow burn accumulation of emotion when you're researching so you can imagine you know for instance me researching enslaved people held from Captain Samuel Matthews who was our ancestor all the way <laughs> back in Jamestown so that's generations of lot. And I had to break that research off at specific points because it just got to be too much. And it wasn't that I was uncovering anything horrific.
0: Like horrific treatment. It was just
1: plotting the disintegration of the enslaved families being spread out between the different enslaving family members. Who, you know, within a generation or two start heading down to, you know, taking their ensla- our enslaved family with them to Louisiana, to Alabama, into Tennessee, into Missouri, into Texas. Um, you know, and it just seeing that, actually seeing that on a family tree, it just kind of gets to me every once in a while. Yeah. Vice would be always give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling because what you're feeling is valid um, and it's it's who you know it's who you are and i think the first time i stopped researching i felt guilty about not researching and i'm like no i have to walk this off i have to think about it process it you know do what i have to do to to kind of get rid of my my feelings my emotions and then with a clear head Go back into go go back into doing that research, but I did. I felt really guilty for not yeah. research um, for a while, but now I'm just like, listen, you, you know, you got to do what you got to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had somebody who um, I don't know if I don't know if she was leaving a um a recommendation for the show. Or if she was sharing a, a a particular show, but I came across it, you know, on the page manager site. And at first, at first glance I laughed at what she said. But thinking about this show, I had to like re rethink what she said. She actually came off and 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 she said, I am, um, she said, in so many words, she was like, Yeah, I'm a descendant of uh, the a-holes of America, of the first a A-holes of America. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. But she was upset. She was she was angry. You know, she was mad because they had done things that she did not like, that she did not approve of, that she that just really hurt her feelings. And she's like, This is not this is not who I am but I have to accept that this is what they did. So now I have to do my part and, you know, do whatever. But at first glance, yeah, I laughed, I laughed. I was like, she did that, that, it was an awesome, awesome write up what she did. Cause she was, she was giving us a, you know, a big talking about how you and I, what we do and and how it helps mm-hmm. from the beginners to the well-known as she put it, geek genealogists, um, but overall, you know she was upset. She she called them who they were to her, but that's who they were to her. And this was a white woman, and she was like, "I'm." When I think about it now, I know she was really upset, and that was her way of showing that she was angry at what they did. So I need mean, for people of color, no matter what color—red, black, brown—all of us. We need to understand, and I need for people, non-people of color to understand that we all have some type of anxiety from all of this that has gone on. If we recognize this overall anxiety, we'll be able to deal with it better. Because truth be told, digging into the Black Lives Matter thing, this is why Black Lives Matter because of this anxiety that is constant. It's here. This is why all of this is where it is today. Because one person doesn't believe that this is happening or so on and so forth or vice versa, or however you wanna have, you know, you're not listening, you're not hearing me, you know, no, all of that, if, if it makes sense. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm getting it. Yeah, I mean... So- how,
1: I mean, by all means, come up with um, your suggestions. For those of you listening at home, come up with your suggestions too. One way that you may prepare yourself for this, um, part of getting your, your mind and spirit right, try to create an online community. And I don't, by that, I don't mean Facebook groups or posts. It could be a, a Zoom conference call or speaking, you know, FaceTime on, on your tablet or whatever. Think about three to five people that you know really well that you can trust implicitly and you can just say what you want you know you just say what you need to say because sometimes you just need to talk it out um if you want to cry you can cry if you want to yell you can yell these these are people you know you can trust right and and when you come up with something really difficult um that you need to get off your chest or you you know you want to share you kind of want to talk through your feelings that's your go-to group of people Um, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed that I have five or six, um, that I know that when I actually hit that kind of a thing, I can, I can go to them and I I can have the conversation that I need to have. And I really, you know, and I really, really, and I really value that. But as I said, I wouldn't suggest doing it in a Facebook group, not even a closed Facebook group. Um, cause you you know, you're going to be really talking, opening yourself up and, and really talking about deeply personal. Because the reason why it affects us is it touches something in us. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes it gets really difficult for me because I've, I've always treated the names of my tree, the people in my tree as people who were living, and I've always thought about them as being three-dimensional, living, breathing, okay. human beings with all the drives and hopes and fears and desires that we have today. So when I do come across something really upsetting, it just, it really, really hits me on that level.
0: Right.
1: And the more that I research them, the more I come to find out about the, I, I get it. I wouldn't say that I found out about them, but I get a sense of their character, their character, their, what made them them, what made Martha Brooks completely different than Rebecca, Rebecca Buck. Right. Both of them were strong. You know, you get a sense that both of them were very strong women. Who didn't cut, didn't hold any cut cards and didn't tolerate any foolishness. But Rebecca was one kind of a woman and Martha was a different kind of woman, both equally strong, but I think that they expressed their strengths in different ways. And it's only through researching them as much as I have done that I've that I've come to feel that about them. Like I can almost feel about how Martha would respond to a certain certain situation and equally feel comfortable think. Feeling what Rebecca would have felt, so you know that that's just um, just one example. Um, and again, doing the work that I'm doing with the Weeping Time people, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that history, Weeping Time, Georgia Sale in Savannah, 1859, 440 human beings sold um, here, that just here, there, and everywhere. So the rewarding part of that research is finding the living descendants for for a growing number of the people who were sold. Um, as well as the people who were left behind on, on the Butler Plantation in Georgia. Now, the emotion, the really emotional part, not that that wasn't, the sale wasn't emotional, but the really emotional part is actually taking that story back further. And I've actually taken it for, on a couple of those lines back another three or four generations. And the painful bit with me, which I've shared with fellow uh, fellow researcher, Martine, Martine Brennan, was knowing the fate that was gonna befall their descendants within three or four generations. So I'm reading about old Sylvie. I know who old Sylvie was. And you know, and I'm like, ooh, if you only knew what was gonna happen to your great grandchild in 1859, I bet you anything you would have sailed away with the British when you had the chance in, in 1815, you would have given anything. So it's kind of knowing what's gonna happen, but also knowing what's happening to them during their lifetime. It's just stuff like that that I found really painful. But I appreciate that I can kind of talk about that with my research group and, and share that. So I don't know, I mean, do you have any suggestions about forming groups or ways that people can build a support system to to get that kind of support?
0: Um, I agree with what you're saying. Definitely have um, someone that you can trust, that you can like you and, and Loretta and Hamad and when Sheila was around, my Sheila, you know, you guys have been just that that sounding board for me. And Charles, you know, as far as all of that is concerned because with the stuff as far as the Yeldale line and how stressful the Yeldale line was and um, then the fact that we would come across people and I, I mean i i guess with moses when we had when we came across moses and and you found i found the article the article talking about him and the 45 kids but then you turned around and you found the obituary <laughs> and i'm looking at that obituary and i'm looking at those dates and i'm i was confused and i'm like wait a minute this this No, the Moses that we're talking about was born in 1791. That's not him. And you were like, yeah, that's his father. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, no, (laughs) you're kidding me. (laughs) And I mean, it just made me want to pull my hair out. Like, you guys are such a a go-to for me. Right now, this break that I finally had to take, It took years for me to take this break. And I think I've taken this break for, it's been almost a year now, right? (laughs) And you guys let me take it. You guys let me take this break, but you keep me informed. And sometimes I'll jump in, I'll help with something, but you let me come right back out of it when I need to, because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Everything about the researching, your family can be so overwhelming. So to have somebody to to be like, here, I don't, I don't here. To be able to push it off to somebody is just amazing. And um, if you don't have somebody to push it off to, it's crazy.
1: And again, the, the other thing that is gonna make you feel one way or another. And again, it's it's what I call the creeping emotion. Researching enslaved ancestors in particular is difficult. It's challenging. It's, it's not impossible. I get really tired. I'm going to bless you, Shelley for calling out someone on Facebook for saying that black genealogy was impossible. It isn't impossible. It's difficult and it's challenging. Um, And sometimes I'm resentful, many times I'm resentful, because it's needlessly difficult and challenging. Because we just don't have the standard set of records to work with, there are no births, well, I shouldn't say that. Every once in a while you'll get lucky, specifically in Virginia in the early colonial period, but other than that, there doesn't tend to be a birth certificate. If you're lucky and you can find an enslaver's farm book or farm journal, you get a birth entry. Or a death entry. But other than that, you know, there, there's no death certificate, there's no birth certificate, there's no marriage certificate, there's no baptism certificate. And you really have to develop a skill set that allows you to use critical thinking and thinking outside of the box to try to think: well, what kind of records would there be for my enslaved ancestor that I have already tried to find, but doesn't seem to exist. The state inventories got burnt when the, the court the county courthouse caught on fire, the right. rules have been lost. And again, that's where I really appreciate my kind of my, my little my group of, of core researchers around me to say, listen, Loretta, Hamad, Sharon, Martine, Donia, I've tried finding this, 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 and I've looked here and there and everywhere. Can you think of anything that I may have overlooked? You know, and you guys are always game. Well, it's like, well, let's let's go back and, you know, maybe let's look at this again, or let's look at this again, or have you thought about looking at this repository or this website? And I'll be like, no, never thought about that. You can't think of everything. All right. You can't, no matter how long you've been in this game, you can't think of everything. Um, And again, that's, that's where the support group is, is really helpful. And anyone who does this research knows how difficult it is, know how Frustrating, it it can be from time to time. Yeah, and it's just good to have those conversations, and it's good to get up, get that off of our chests, and not try kind to of carry that with us.
0: Yeah, um, I think that as far as having somebody to bounce stuff off of is 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 definitely necessary, and knowing when to take a break. Yes, you have to know when to take a break. You have to know when to stop when to back down when to back away
1: um even when your ancestors were popping into your dreams tugging on your clothes doing,
0: man.
1: doing everything they can to get your attention you have to go i'm really yes. sorry i'm sorry martha i need to take a time out um,
0: I mean, for us as genealogists, as researchers, as family historians, whatever you want to call yourself, however you die, you know that you put yourself under. We know that we're not crazy, but we know that these things happen. So, that moment when I was doing my research on my great grandmother, um, I was doing my research on Martha Brooks, and I got so so into her. For a little while, my my great-grandmother, Mom Lula, Lula Peterson, she, she let it happen. She was like, okay, you go ahead because they don't know anything about that Yelldale line. So I'ma let you, I'm gonna let you have that. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do that and I'm gonna let you go in and do it. But after a while, I lied to y'all not. Every time I thought I was finding something on the Yelldales, it was falling right back to them Petersons. wow. And then it would do it again damn, Peterson, nope, that's a Peterson, boom, I'm like, okay, all right, so maybe I need to go ahead and and look at these Petersons, and I would go, and I'm looking at the Petersons, but then what happens, Martha steps in, no, 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 you looking at this, I swear to you guys, I had to close my door, told my children, look, I ain't crazy, I just need to close my door for a minute, and I had to close my door Cut all the lights out in my room and just kind of talk out into the air and be like, listen, y'all gonna get out my head. Y'all gonna leave me alone or I will shut everybody out. I'll shut the whole monster down. And we, we won't do nothing else. That's it.
1: Oh, it's That's
0: funny.
1: We it. have A.E. Barlow going, tucking I up just, his shirt. <laughs> it's like, no, brah. I'm like, nah, bro. Hey, <laughs> I am not exaggerating. Nope. Point where I had to walk away for a little <laughs> bit, doing some research, and that ancestor in particular was so adamant that I'd not stop. I know this is going to sound nuts, but I have what you call the talent. I switched it off, closed myself down. Uh-uh, she was tugging on my shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've had clothes moved. Uh, you know how you got, su- you got suits? And so you hang your suit together. I had a, a, a dress suit where the suit had a jacket and it was hanging up in my closet. And then all of a sudden the jacket was on one hanger and the suit, the, the the dress was on another. I was like, what y'all not gonna do is play with my clothes. That, I mean, that was that day. That was, it was all in that one day. That's That was the day I closed my door and I said, you're gonna stop because I'm, I will shut the whole monster down. I will. I will. I will close. I will close the virtual. I will close that spiritual door and never open it up again. I will I had, never open it up.
1: I had light turned on and off. My Fire TV, which had never had a problem before, she was like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, you're not watching TV." All of a sudden, Fire, Fire. I'm like, "You don't leave me alone." <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy. I mean, to the point where my own children, my son, my older son, because my daughter's the oldest, my daughter's 27 and I have a 24 year old. He doesn't live here. He has called me and said, could you tell your family to leave me alone? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're changing my chat. They're cutting the radio on and the remote is sitting right beside me. Mom, not touching the remote. I'm telling y'all, when I tell y'all this was all the same day, Jackie's laughing because she know, she know, <laughs> and you know, but it it was all, that was the exact same day that I just kind of, I mean, keys were being, they were determined. Those two women, they were fighting. They were fighting. They were like, you're going to, you're going to do this.
1: But funnily enough, funnily enough, do you know what the worst of it was about? That was right before I realized that Peter Peterson's wife, Violet, was Violet Williams, the daughter of Moses. Mm -hmm. That's what all that activity was actually trying to push me to realize. But, you know, again, we have to accept our own limitations. I try to do when I'm ready for the big reveal and when I'm not ready for the big reveal. And I'd already finished doing something so challenging and a really horrible history involving the Harrisons. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for Violet being a Williams. I wasn't ready to find out that Moses Williams Sr. had 45 kids. That was huge. That was a huge, that's that paragraph in that 1884 newspaper about (laughs) Moses Williams. It was just one paragraph. Yeah. That was huge.
0: Yeah. It was huge.
1: Yeah. And not huge in a negative way. Trying to find all 45 of his kids can be challenging and make me feel some kind of way some days. That but, I
0: still mad at Brian about, but nevertheless, okay. <laughs> but, you know, nevertheless, you know, that's another story. That's another day.
1: Because again, that's <laughs> something that you have to prepare yourself for, um, right. especially, you know, if you find out that an ancestor was a breeder or had just, just loads of kids, right? you know, when you realize what's involved in tracing each, ident- trying to identify all of those kids and then try trying to research their descendants and realize how crazy the endogeny is down those lines. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a lot of info to absorb and process and kind of work your way through.
0: And to the point where you have to sit back. You have to stop. Yeah. You have to you, you have, have to, to just pass. break. And I mean we're gonna be here for you when you're ready to stop. Cause you haven't broke yet. <laughs> 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 you haven't broke yet.
1: Just remember because you immediately resisted, as did another cousin, you guys, both of you were like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to try to find 45 kids. But what we agreed was, look, this is huge. Let's just come back to this in a couple of weeks, because I needed to kind of figure out how we were even going to tackle that kind of a monster right. But remember, that, that's what we agreed. Let's, let's get our working group together. Let's right. identify the kind of records we're going to need to find, but let's take a break. Let's just mentally prepare ourselves for this monster of a research project. Right. And we picked it up. And look right. at how much information we found and how quickly quickly we initially found what we were looking for. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, we still have more kids to go. We know we have more kids.
0: And we just recently found, you know, more kids. So with that that yeah. new hey good stuff and mm-hmm. and everything, we found mom. Well, yeah. we, we have an idea of where mom is. We have a name for her. Well, a last name now. So yeah. But we are and
1: a two-minute mark. Okay. So, um, so again, just to um to remind everyone, Book Club, it's the uh it's called House of Bondage. It's nothing dodgy, it's just House of Bondage, Charlotte Brooks and, and other enslaved people by T- uh, Octavia Rogers. That is in our reading room. It is a link that you can either read the book online or you can download the PDF and read it on your preferred kind of digital digital device. When it comes to getting your mind and spirit right with um, difficult enslaved research, again, just be prepared. You're gonna be feeling all kinds of feelings from joy and laughter to sorrow and, and anger and all and frustration and all the rest of it. Um, work out, you haven't really, you know, started really digging into your tree, how you're gonna process those emotions, what you're gonna do with it, but even better, creating um, an online kind of not even an online. Just creating a support group right. that you can go to when the research becomes difficult, painful, challenging,
0: whatever. Right. So, and um, if you want to purchase the book, you can find it on um, Amazon, and it's seven dollars. It's, it's a. It's like seven ninety-five or something like seven or eight dollars. It's not an expensive book. It is probably one of the best books that I've read because one of the main thing about it is that the WPA slave narratives say they were the first to do it they were not this book was originally written in 1890 that's the great thing about it so this was right after slavery. but again you can we'll put the link you will be able to find the book in our website reading room um, there is a tab for that but we will place the link in this site We are happy to be back. We have a wonderful wonderful lineup for you guys this season. So, you know, just be ready and be prepared because we have a great, great lineup. Um, So just watch out for it.
1: So speaking of which, next week in episode two is the Slave Voyages Project with, and I apologize if I mispronounce your name, Nafis Khan. So it's the Slave Voyages Project, which is an awesome project with Nafis Khan. And that's right here, Genealogy Adventures, Sunday, four o'clock next week.
0: That's right. So we'll see you guys Sunday.
1: Take care, bye-bye. Take
0: care, bye-bye.